Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. Take a listen to this fresh episode today and get into real-time engagement because of real-time obedience to the Father to forgive those in our past and our present so that we can walk into the future and not be taken down by old tormentors and torturers. Let's live in our full ability and authority to be forgivers and live as debtors to all men in this hour of history. Let's go, my friends. Love you all. Hey, everybody. We are continuing with real-time engagement with the Father. I feel so pressed today as I am recording this episode, having just arrived in North Carolina. I'm sitting in my hotel room, wonderfully provided by the host pastors that have brought us in, and I'm sitting here on the waterfront in Moorhead City, North Carolina. And I found out yesterday that it's known, this area, uh, this part of the coast, the east coast of the USA, is known as uh, the graveyard because so many wrecks, so many sunken ships, so many things had happened. I haven't investigated it or researched it. I'm just repeating what was told to me. Uh, But this really awakens me and grabs me because how many are being shipwrecked in their faith? How many have had so many wrecks within their life and the sunken things, right, of our lives are still laying down in the bottom of the ocean floor, if you will. But when we begin to move in real-time engagement with the Father, you understand He is going to deal with every wreck And if we allow him to deal with every wreck that has previously happened in our life, whether by someone else's doing or by our own, then it could prevent the shipwreck of our faith. We could allow him to deal with things in such a way in real time, my friends. Listen to me carefully. I'm not an alarmist. I do not live in freak-out mode. But when I sense the compelling of the Father, then I want to release it. We live in the steady urgency, right? Steady. We sense the compelling urgency within our spirit, but we live in it steadily, a steadfast life, an immovable, unshakable kingdom is within us. And so therefore, We can respond to God in real time and yet continue to live in such a powerful, stout, steadfast way. Things that are trying to scare you, things that want to get you living impulsively, uh, when there is deep-seated fear and anxiety of the unknown, listen to me, our Father does not want us living in that way. And so when he comes to deal with things, he comes very powerfully in the full provision of the cross of Jesus Christ. So we've been talking about real-time engagement with the Father. And my friends, I am compelled to say to you again today, do not think that you just have all the time in the world, right? Because we are living in times where real-time engagement with the Father means when we hear him, we respond, 
You see, he's the initiator in all things. We are the responders. We are the ones who respond to him. And this, my friends, is such a part of our freedom is we have the ability to respond to the Father. Now, this isn't about performance. Again, it's not about erratic uh, reactions. It's about the true, real-time response to the Father because he's speaking to us because he knows what's coming. He knows what's coming. And though you may have lived in patterns of flesh, you may have been dragging your feet for forever, but my friends, I'm saying to you in this moment, you have the ability by Christ in you to respond to the Father. I've been speaking recently to people that are involved with me in what I'm calling the vault. Uh, It's just um, another structure that I'm building, another way for people to be able to enter into real-time engagement uh, with the Father. And I've been talking to them about living in the courage of our convictions and that we need to be able to respond to him in real time. And my friend, in deep times of shift and transition, we must stay clean and clear. The enemy always wants to stir such bitterness in times of transition, bring back old thinking and old strongholds like, I'm not going to be included. Well, fine, fine. I'll just walk off on my own and God and I will just go off on our own and I will just do what God has given me. Listen to me. This is a warning to you. It's a warning to you. If you really believe in the goodness of your father, surely you understand. Surely you understand he has a plan. If you believe he has a plan, then stay with him and trust that he is bringing to pass in his way, in his timing, and with the people that he's given for your life, it's all going to happen according to his plan and his timing. The enemy wants to take you out by isolating you, making you feel like there's nothing for you, that you're not going to really be able to make it. My friends, we all are going to make it because we stay with the Father. Do not be outwitted by allowing bitterness to come back into your life. Do not, I'm speaking from deep personal experience, right, is that if we truly trust the Father, then we don't really want any plans but His, right? If we're really born of him, this is for him, and we're privileged to be any part of what he's doing, right? Then then trust him to bring it to pass. The enemy wants to stir up any place that's still raw within you, that you're going to be left out, you're going to be abandoned, you're just going to be, you know, that kid, Right? It never really makes it. Now, come on. Stay with me in this. Because today we're about to step into how is it, right, that we walk into these depths of true biblical forgiveness so that we can unhook 
from things that are trying to take us down. My friends, it's not about who hurt you and what they did. It's not about who is hurting you and what they are doing. It is about your real-time response to the Father's full provision so that you can keep moving with Him in real time. Do not let old things have a fresh flame on them, being freshly offended, and that old stuff comes back to overlap on you and talk to you and tell you, see, it's just like it's just like it's always been. You need to awaken to what is really being spoken to you. I want to ignite you to stay in real-time engagement with the Father. This isn't about the fresh flames of offense. This is about the fresh fire of his presence within you. Fresh water flowing through you. Now, before I talk to you about the fact that you have the ability and the authority to be able to truly forgive, I want to make sure that I tell you this, that when Jesus spoke in Matthew 18 and said, if you do not forgive from your heart, right, then the torturers, the tormentors will be, you know, unleashed upon you. I want you to understand that when Jesus spoke so many times in the Gospels, what he was doing was preparing people for what he was about to do, what he was about to provide. You see, from our old hearts, we cannot forgive. (laughs) Trust me, we cannot forgive. So when Jesus says, if you don't forgive your brother from your heart, he's saying, now look, you're going to need what I'm about to do on the cross so that I can impart to you a new heart and a new spirit will I put within you. And moreover, I will put my Holy Spirit in you and he will cause you to follow my commands. If you will, he will cause you to live like us, to live like the Godhead. So I need you to understand that you cannot forgive unless you have a new heart and then learning like how does that new heart that new spirit within me that new life within me how does it live and think well let me first say that I want you to identify maybe the torturers and the tormentors that have tried to remain on you and are still trying to actively engage you right If you are either, one, refusing to forgive, or number two, you've been doing some of those deceptive practices of forgiveness that I mentioned in our last episode. So what do the torturers and tormentors, what could they possibly look like? How could they be functioning, right? Because either we refuse to forgive or we've been using some very, very poor counterfeits of what real forgiveness really is. So I want to just share some of these so that you could identify, and surely, surely you want to come free from that. Surely you no longer want to stay in number one in a bitter mind. Listen, this is a massive, massive tormentor, a bitter mind. It blinds you to being able to see anything, uh, any, any other viewpoint. It brings a deep blindness to us, this bitter, bitter mind. And it can sound like no one's for me, so I'm going to have to take care of things myself. Uh, You know, I'm just a helpless victim. There's nothing I can do. Uh, A bitter mind can take on many, many attitudes, and none of it is of God. 
None of it is of God. Number two is uh, the anger and the rage that can be living inside of you. And that anger and that rage can show up in explosive um, ways of uh, interacting with other people. So you explode on people, um, you know, because this is what we would call being out of control to be in control. So you scare everybody. Everybody knows to walk around you on eggshells. Don't touch that person because, you know, they'll go off on you. And that anger may be showing up in ways of imploding. So you spend a lot of time depressed uh, and in bed and sleeping. And um, maybe you function really, uh, it looks like you function really well when you're with people. But when you get home, you just go almost totally comatose. You flatline when you get home amongst your own family, or if you live by yourself, you know, it's just like a completely different person. Uh, so number one, a bitter mind. Number two, anger and rage. Number three, resentment. Now here I will tell you that I, I heard this statement from somewhere uh, many, many months ago, and I try to repeat it when I can because I thought it was very uh, revealing of things, and it goes something like this: is that bitterness is uh, the fact that I didn't get what I wanted in the past. Uh, resentment is I'm not getting what I want now, and anxiety is I fear I won't get what I want in the future. So this resentment again can stir us really, really deeply. It can be quite a tormentor. Uh, no need is being met. I'm just left here on my own. And there's a resentment that breeds within us. Number four is a haughty mindset. And number one, I talked about the bitter mind. Number four is the proud mindset. Nobody knows everything I've lived through. And nobody could handle what I've lived through. And, you know, if only people knew what I have lived through. And so it's like we've got this major, haughty, prideful, vain mindset that we would never say these things out loud publicly but, oh, it is fostered deep within that we are quite proud of our strength, quite proud of all we've lived through. And, and we wear our suffering as a badge of honor. Our uh, shame has become our glory. And we're very proud of these things. And, and uh, so that's number four. Number five is a total lack of joy. Uh, and and what, what concerns me is when, excuse the air conditioner coming on here <laughs> in the hotel room, if it gets a little bit noisy. Um, this lack of joy is that many times we act like this is like how we're supposed to live as Christians. And we live in a doom and gloom way of living that uh, is nothing like what real brokenness is when the, when the Holy Spirit is leading it that breaks out in great joy. Uh, that could only, uh, passing our understanding, the peace and joy that passes all understanding, right, is that that can only be produced by, by the Holy Spirit and His processes within us. But when the tormentors are there and when this thing just goes on and on more with a religious uh, aspect to it, there's a total lack of joy. Number six, a, a tormenting thing uh, that we, again, because of a bitter mind, we are blind to it usually, is uh, what Romans 2, 1 says, when we judge and condemn others, um, we will habitually practice the very same thing, and yet we don't see it. We are living in improper judgments. 
because we think somehow I could never do those things. I will never be like my mother, my father, or like my offender because I could never do that. And so therefore, that's an improper judgment, my friends, because we are all born in Adam. We are all capable of all things. So to say I'm nothing like them or could never do that is now you've set yourself outside the judgment of God where God has said that the old man is capable of all things. Now you may never have done it. You may not sense any desire to do it. But to say you do not have the capacity to do it is now you have improperly judged your own capacity of sin. Therefore, you've set yourself up to you will. You will practice something along those lines, and you will find yourself doing it. That's what the Word says. Number seven, tormentors, of course, and tortures are old memories, and the pain that go with those memories, it just pierces and pierces, and those memories just continue on and on. And so that is, of course, a a deep uh, way of torturing and tormenting. Number eight is a lack of feelings. Whereas I've previously described in the others listed, you may have uh, be controlled um, by uh, memories and pain. Uh, there are uh, no, there's no joy. But here is a lack uh, of feelings, meaning that you're monotone, you're numbed out, you're shut down. Uh, this is why sometimes we fall prey to things like adultery and affairs and addictions and things is that anything that comes along or any person that comes along and suddenly makes you feel alive, you almost lose your mind because there's been such a deadness within you, such a monotone way of living that when some person way outside the will of God comes along, uh, or some some substance, some thing, and suddenly you feel alive, uh, this is where it can be quite dangerous, is because you've had such a lack of feelings, such a closed down uh, places within your soul. Now, number nine is the exact opposite. You're controlled by feelings. You are so emotional. You are so uh, prone to emotional outburst, emotional living, You live in your feelings all the time. So it can go from one extreme to the other. And number 10, and this again is not an an all-inclusive list, it's just these are the the ones I'm sharing with you today, is a blunted, dulled, defiled conscience. And so therefore your self-awareness can be quite low in the sense of really being able to discern what's really happening. And you find that you can hurt other people and not feel it. Uh, you are, do not even know that you're sinning against God because you're so aware of how people have sinned against you. And so uh, these are just 10 of those torturers and tormentors that could possibly be functioning and, and holding great sway and control over you in your life as a believer because we have not forgiven from our hearts and these things continue to be able to lodge within the soul and body and continue to operate uh, in hidden strongholds of our life. But we are those who cannot continue to live this way. So let me just say to you that your sheer ability to be able to forgive is the fact that you have now been made a partaker of the divine nature. You do 
If you are a born-again believer, you have the absolute ability to live like Christ. They've made it possible. They gave you their very life, their very nature. And the only hope of being able to truly forgive is that you have his nature. Therefore, you are forgiving by an inherited nature. Not by your natural nature that you inherited from Adam, but by the nature that you have inherited from Christ himself. You, you can forgive like God because you have his nature. And when we begin to understand what God has provided to us by this, then we understand that, oh yes, we can forgive. Now you may still refuse to forgive, but no more deception, my friends, no more excuses. You have the ability. And if you're looking at that person that's offended you or this group that's offended you and you're like, I'm not going to forgive because they don't deserve it. My friends, forgiveness, biblical forgiveness is never on the basis of deserving. It is based upon the absolute bloody mauling uh, death of Jesus Christ. No one is deserving, my friends. No one. That's why we forgive, according to Ephesians 4.32, that says our only hope of being truly loving, compassionate, and tenderhearted, as God means it, not human compassion and love, but the God kind of love, the God kind of compassion, the God kind of tenderheartedness, right, that he speaks of, uh, can only come when it says that we forgive others, as we have been forgiven by God in Christ. And my friends, if it took what Christ did on the cross for holy God to be able to forgive you and me, what makes us think it's going to take anything less for us to forgive each other and to forgive our offenders and to forgive past, present, and future? My friends, there are things coming in the future. Remember, this is about real-time engagement with the Father. There are things coming that if you don't get this cleared away now, it's going to take you out in the future because there are strange, unusual, wild um, days that are ahead, days of great glory, days of great trouble. And the Father wants to get you ready now. If you think what you've suffered in the past is something, listen to me carefully, you ain't seen nothing yet, okay? Now, maybe I'll try to explain more of that later, but I am saying to you, the Father knows what he's talking about. Quit wearing what's happened to you in the past like a badge. Like, you know, if only you knew what had happened to me. My friends, Jesus knows what has happened. Why does anybody else need to know? Listen, when you face Jesus Christ and him crucified, and he reveals to you what he has done, that no one knows what you've lived through but him. Because he bore it in his body. He let it have its way with him so that sin could be absolutely paid by his blood and broken body. My friends, who else do you need to have, you know, to be clear on what you've lived through? Quit wearing it as a badge of honor, as a badge of, you know, it's very subtle the way this thing keeps manifesting the way it keeps talking to you, the way it keeps stirring your self-pity deep within. My friends, people have lived through worse than you. People have lived uh, through better than you. 
right? There's always someone that's worse, someone that's better. But only Jesus Christ knows exactly what's happened to you. He is intimately acquainted with what has happened to you. And he has faced it. He has paid for it so that you can receive that and move on and live as the new man who is not flawed, who is not broken, but who is whole and complete and able to function. We need to receive what he has done for us so that it can flood our souls from the spirit into the soul and into the body. And as much as is possible, you know, our bodies can be quickened. No matter what age we are, our bodies can be quickened, our souls can be washed so that we can live in the fullness of who we are already in the Spirit. So your ability to forgive comes from the fact that you share in their nature. Your authority to forgive, my friends, is because it has literally been paid. It has literally been paid. Sins are not just being wiped off of a board. They are not just trying to be forgiven. We're not just trying to understand. We have been forgiven because of the shed blood, brutally, brutally shed blood of Jesus. It was brutal, but my friends, he was glad to do it. That's why he came, to make sure that every single thing has been dealt with properly by the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, I am encouraging you with all the love I can and all the full respect I can towards you is take what He has given, let it be kneaded into you by the Holy Spirit, and let your conscience be washed by the blood of Jesus. Let every wound be flooded with rivers of life from Him that flow from the cross of Jesus Christ. Quit trying to drink from every other fountain of healing that has been offered, unfortunately, in the body of Christ that has not caused us to be restored as sons to the Father. It has not caused us to get up and be able to leap a wall and take a city. It's kept us licking our wounds and and, and just offended so easily, so thin-skinned. Come on, my brethren, come on. Take what the Father has given you. You can forgive because 2 Peter 1.4 says that we have become sharers and partakers of the divine nature. We can live as forgivers because it is now our nature to forgive. Oh, what God can do when we totally drink from the cup of Christ. And then, my friends, we can actually count every injustice having been dealt the blow of true justice because Christ has actually paid for every sin. No matter if you consider them to be minor or major, every single thing. One day I had the audacity to say to Jesus, well, you know, it's okay, you know, I'll just try to get over it. He said, excuse me, Nancy, he said, That sin killed me, and you think you're just going to just wipe it off and just try to be okay with it? Quit talking like that. (laughs) This is how Jesus spoke to me. (laughs) We need Jesus to speak to us in the private place. He said, I let that sin 
kill me so it could be paid for it. Now take that. And so I did. And I have been. Because my friends, we're, we're in a race. We are running our race to the finish. And we need all the strength to be surging from spirit, soul, body. From Holy Spirit releasing it into our spirit, we then release it into our soul and body to say, Father, by the life of Christ and by the blood of Jesus, by the full finished work of the cross, I want to forgive others as I have been forgiven. Oh, my friends, we have the ability, the full grace of God, His ability to forgive And we have the authority to forgive. But now the question is, is will you? Will you take it? Will you live as who you actually are? Will you honor God in the heavens and in the earth and let it be a witness to all of hell that what my Father and the Son and Holy Spirit have done is enough for me? Oh, if this sound could resound throughout the earth earth when the sons say my father is enough for me I don't need what some other person can give me I don't need them to say I'm sorry I admit it perfectly that I did this that and the other my friends come on come on take the full the full gripping grace of God which is not a cheap covering for sin. It is the full ability to live like Christ. Take what they have provided. Drink deep and let Holy Spirit knead it like dough, like like making bread. Knead it all through you to where it becomes the very fiber and the fabric of your life in the soul and body. Oh, we've got to get up and rise up. The time is now, my friends. These are not slogans. We are in the real-time engagement with the Father. Don't let tormentors and torturers any longer come and harass you. The quickened life of Christ within you. Oh, my friends, I want this for you because I want you to know the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. And I want you to get up and live. Unto them. You're not taking actions against other people when you simply decide to obey the Father. Too many times we're like, well, you know, this person will think I'm this or that. Listen, my friends, don't. This is about honoring, valuing who the Father is to you and who you are to Him. And in all humility, my friends, finally get over. By the cross of Jesus Christ. Hmm? Of what this means about others. First and foremost, this is about the Father. I will honor Him. Therefore, guess what that means? When I truly forgive, I am finally repenting of my own sin of unforgiveness. And dragging my feet. And refusing to take the full work of Jesus. Telling God, I won't. That's what we're repenting of. That's why I always say, until you're more offended by what's been coming out of you 
more than what has come against you. You don't really need the deliverance of what I'm trying to, to share with you. You're still offended at other people more than your own bitter residue of remaining ignorant and, and disobedient to the one you say that you love. I'm calling you to new levels to walk with him. Hear it coming to you in the full grace of God. You see, if we have the revelation of our ability in Christ, it must lead us now to take the full authority of Christ and to truly forgive. Let's forgive others the way that the Father has forgiven us so that we can continue on living like Christ, living as sons unto the Father. I can't wait to get to the next episodes of ringing the bell in full-time, real-time engagement with the Father in this month of September. We are in an hour of history where this is necessary. We must begin to engage with Him so that we can move into our assignments. My friends, my friends, it matters what you do and say in this time. So, enough for today. I love you all. We will talk soon. Take hold of this truth and live in full obedience to Him right now in real-time engagement. I love you all. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.